Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're listening to this episode 241 of the Tree Talk podcast in association with Knowles Menswear. There's one major topic to discuss this morning, Matt, and that's the 2023 All-Ireland semi-final where Limerick have beaten Galway for the third time in four years to book their place in All-Ireland final with Kilkenny, which will be a rematch of last year's final. So we'll get our special guest, Barry Hennessy, on very soon. Look back in that game, and there's plenty more to look at, back on and look forward to. Stay tuned for all that and more. The impression of the game, you get old with what you put into. It's like a walk of life. If you're good enough, go out and get it, no more about it. But not so much control in the centre of the field from Kilkenny as Richie Bennett sends it high and over the bar. Your mother sends you down to the shop for a pound's worth of goods, and she gives you 50 pence. You can't get the pound's worth of goods, can you? He's just about kept in. Oh, wow. Well, Charlie Buckley. Do that to Tomaso Shea. He deserves to score from here. One of the highlights of the second game. Let me spend out there from the war court today. No more about him. He made all the run. That was it. Put the ball over the barrel. The fact that that's it. No ifs, no buts. Is there much time left? We have a couple of injuries. Here comes Kieran Curry. No sympathy in this game for anybody. Now, internet issues for Matt O'Callaghan in Bellanders dropped all of a sudden with him in the background. But I am delighted to be joined by former Limerick hurler Barry Hennessy to look back on a, an epic weekend of All Ireland semi finals. Barry, first and foremost, were you ever wearing a, a contact lens in, in a game for Limerick? Uh, I, I ate my carrots as a young fella, Jack, so the, the eyesight was good. Um, so yeah, no, I never had the, the contact lens in. Yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a funny narrative to take out of um, two unreal games, really, you know, that, has, that sees Limerick versus Kenny back together. But on, on the Hurland side of things, what, what did you make of the games overall before we get into the two of them? Um, to go back to your first thing before you for the go into the two games, um, I just think it's it's ludicrous at the moment. Like it just shows you that people are just grasping at straws to try and to pull something out uh, to to talk about Limerick. Um, you know, for years you see even Don Log. I know he mentioned in the Sunday game like Don Log was pretending he knows litters for years or lying on the ground or whatever. So like, so you know, it's not something that just has started suddenly. And it just shows you that people are trying to pick holes in, in this Limerick team at the moment. But uh, going back to the two games, um, yeah, the the first game was was strange enough uh, at the start. You know, I suppose Limerick probably struggled a little bit with the the, the Galway's uh, extra men in the first half, especially in the first twenty minutes. John you know, Galway were able to kind of build it our defence there and build it to especially the the Hogan stand side of the field. And get a bit of a large pad there, and um, get ball into Connor Wheeling from that side. And I think when Limerick kind of got to terms with that and pushed up a little bit more, and and nullified that spare man, um, and just as I said, someone the other day turned up the heat. Galway couldn't live with it, you know. They couldn't live with the intensity that uh, that the lads brought. That so, um, they probably won Jack as well pulling up. If you look at it at the end, like there wasn't uh, the 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 work done as they say. Uh, they probably won't admit that, that they won pulling up, but it looked uh, from from where I was. That uh, they still had a, a little bit extra in the tank that they could have given, but the the work was done as I said. Um, Kilkenny and Clare, kind of when I saw Shane Mori going playing as a sweeper, um, you knew that there was probably trouble on the cards for Clare. You know, all year long they kind of had um, they backed themselves and pushed up and trusted their hurling and trusted their their lads. You know, to go about their business and stick to their plan. And it seems kind of strange that they all of a sudden deviated from that plan that had kind of got them success all year. 
Um, and then they probably dug too much of a hole, especially against a, a very physical Kilkenny team, like to to try and you know, bring five points back, like you know, so Kilkenny kind of said their noses in front. Um, and even Doc Clare kind of threatened at the end. Kilkenny, I thought, were still fairly comfortable, you know, and were still in control of that game as well. So, um, strange, and strange from from the Clare tactical point of view, but um, all in all, two good games, and it's after setting up a cracking final again. Yeah, like. Where do you see the teams now, as opposed to, to twelve months ago when they, when they met in the final? Um, I think from watching Kilkenny during the year, especially, uh, like their their use of ball, I suppose, has really improved. Um, and it's something I'd said on um another podcast at the start of the year at, during the league before the league final, um, that when they play Cork, especially in Nolan Park, like that the way they were using the ball and they were using that crossfield ball to amend into space as opposed to just coming out of the fence and hitting it as high as they could down on top of their full forward line, down on top of Wally Walsh, you know, they still have that option obviously to do that. But um, you know, they're 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 really using the ball a lot more this year and it's probably a sign of um Derek Lean coming in there at, from the same time the twenties they did something similar as well. They kind of not deviated away from that traditional Kilkenny play, but They've kind of embraced that modern game, but they still have that that Kilkenny tradition, I suppose, there as well. That if they do need an out ball there, that they have guys on the inside that can that can win their own ball still. Um, and I suppose from Limerick's point of view, like do you know, you'll be um, from being I suppose emotionally invested still with the group, and you know from being involved with them, you'll be laughing at what you'd hear during the year that you know, they're not going well and you know, they're not performing at their 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 highest level and standards. And like in fairness, I'm like. I've said it all year, like they've been playing an All-Ireland final every day they've gone out because every team wants to crack off them and the Limerick scalp is that prize at the moment, like is getting that scalp and being the team to get it. Like, you know, Clare got it already this year. Other teams wanted it as well. Um, but for a team that was kind of, as people perceived to be uh, falling off, they're after winning the league, they're after winning the Munster Championship and they're back in an All-Ireland final again, you know. So I, I don't know what more what more you can ask from, to be honest. Yeah, one one more game is all people will be asking for. But look, you've you've obviously played with all those players, and it there seemed to be a shift maybe around half an hour into the game on Saturday. Like, how intuitive are the players on field to kind of understand what Galway are bringing, and then to maybe shift how they were playing? And they just seem to turn it all of all of a sudden in Crow Park. Yeah, I suppose that's just coming from the training ground as well. And I've always said it like that the only person that knows how to beat Limerick is Paul Knurk. Do you know, Paul would have that planned at the start of the year. He'd know exactly what teams are going to do before they'd, they'd even do it. And I think it, look, it comes from experience too that like this group is together now since 2017, or well, the spine of the group is more or less together since 2017. Like there's a lot of experience built up there. There's a lot of repetitions there. There's a lot of scenarios that have been trained. Um, and they've seen a lot. So when the heat has turned up on them, like you know, those lads know that they've experienced this before. They know, you know, they know what to do basically, and then it helps them when you've got Paul and John in the sideline and Shawnee and the lads above in the box. That I'm sure Shawnee picked up on that spare man on that side of the field and filtered it down to Paul or John, and you know that that got into the field then, and lads were able to to filter that through the lines, and you know, it's, a, it's a very easy easy switch then after that, like so. Can you can you feel that momentum swing? You know when when you're watching those games or, or playing those games that you are on top of a team all of a sudden, and you know it gives you confidence. And Limerick really never looked back once they gained any sort of foothold in the game. Yeah, like once they pushed up on that side of the field, and then they started getting close, and John you know, making the contacts and making the hits. Um, as I said, already the physicality side of it. Like once they started to turn that up a little bit, um, it released uh, the runner off the shoulder. 
it made Galway kind of push up them a little bit more than as well. And they, Galway kind of started following the men and tracking the men then as opposed to, to marking space. And like you can see it from Nicky's buckles, even like the amount of ball he got to Tom Morris, he said, run onto, or to grow it, run onto. You know, like that, um, when you play Galway a couple of years ago, they kind of had a man marking the outside space there. So that kind of was always cut off. So Galway kind of looked a little bit flustered from that side of it. Um, and just decided that they were going man marking then from there. And it just left space in for else for other lads. You know, so kind of suited uh, the Limerick yeah, game and then from there. Like On Nicky there, Barry, obviously the puck out options, you know, like Tom has been firing all year in fairness. But when he looks up the field now, you know, Garod seems to be getting into his groove. Keane is obviously back on the field again, and Limerick seem to be making those runs. And, and in Nicky, they probably they probably have the best in the business in finding him. And you know, primary ball from puck out is so crucial in hurling these days. Yeah, um, like you have a fella there that's going to have the ball in his hand, Jack, 40, 50 times maybe in a game between balls that are passed back to him in positions and the whole lot. Um, so having someone you trust first and foremost that they're going to execute it. And then having the lads, I suppose, look the repetitions from training and the whole lot and over the years. Nicky knows where Grod is going to be, where Tom is going to be, you know, where where David Reedy even like David Reedy was um a massive outlet for him there on uh, on Saturday, you know, popping up into that middle third into the pockets for him. Um so like that that offered him something else rather than trying to hit the boys on the outside. And whatever fire Galway thought they were putting out with Tom Morrissey, you know, you said Derek Rod was popping up on another side, Keane was popping up in the middle, Kyle had made a few runs down the wing as well, you know. So like in fairness to Galway, like they were putting out one fire and then another fire started the other side of the field and then you know, Seamus would come out for a sharp ball or Barry was able to work it up the field, like so they just you've so uh, you've so many attacking threats with this Limerick team, like you know, just like it's it's so hard to, to nullify all of them, you know. So and then obviously you were talking about putting out fires. Do you, Will O'Donoghue at six is that, is that a fire that you saw coming or one that Carlo would have been expecting? Do you think? No, and I think um, everyone was looking down at the trees in the warm up to see who was playing where and who was pucking with who to see who where the, the positions were going to be. Um, you you knew sort of William played a six for the pair. like you know and he's quite comfortable there too as well and. Um, like he's he's an athlete as well, and, and as John has echoed in his his uh, interviews there over the last week, like he's he's probably an, he's a natural born leader, like you know. So, um, it was no surprise you saw him there. It was probably a surprise to see him there. From you thought everyone thought Dan Morrissey was probably going to go out there and Richie come in, but, um, you know, look, he he did. I thought he did a great job. He held the line there in the middle. Um, found his groove very very early, which was important as well because. I suppose Galway were probably trying to think that uh, they'll let there be a new guy at six and if you put someone maybe with a bit of legs there and try and run around the place or get them short and ball, what would they do and ask the question there. But um, in fairness, they got the grips of it very, very quickly like, and he held that centre uh, very, very well. So It ties into the versatility of the, the lads back there and it must be very hard to prepare for Limerick when you've, all of a sudden you have a Barry Nash back in the corner or Dan Morris might be full or, or Mike will be full. Like It says a lot about the lads that they can... You know, really play anywhere, like you know, in the middle third or even going back a bit further. Yeah, and it comes back to I suppose lads being comfortable on on the ball, Jack. That um, I suppose the way the modern game is now, anyway, like you you could start at four and you're back, and next minute you're up corner forward, like you know, like like, like the Perry does, or even with then, like you might have a fella there, like Connor Whelan, that if he's detailed to mark him, he could end up half forward. You know, he could come back into the full back line again. So, um, I think it's just it's testament to the lads as their hurling skills first and foremost, but then they're just their composure in the ball, like that they're just able to do these things. Um and even they're looking up further up the field, like 
if you were Henry Shefflin there and you thought right, Keane Lynch was named at 11, who are we going to put in him there at 11? Um, and maybe that impacted their selection there with Dahi working out there. Um, but then next minute Keane pops up at, at 8. You know, you've they have really know at 11, different proposition again, the guy with legs there. Um, so yeah, you're as I said, you're putting out one fire and another fire starts somewhere else. The lads themselves, Barry, it doesn't really seem to matter where they play. That they, it seems that you just trust in in John and Paul and the lads, whatever decision they make, that the lads buy into it. And you can see in the field, it doesn't really seem to matter where anyone is playing. They just go and, and do their job, and, and there's no sort of questioning why Will would be there or why Barry's moved back. They just get on with it and and do the job. Yeah, I suppose that trust has been there, Jackson's dead ass, you know, and it hasn't steered anyone wrong anyway at this stage, you know. So, like, it's very easy to have that trust when you're winning and you're successful. Um, on the other side of it, like, if you were look at it, if Limerick hadn't been as successful as they were over the years, you know, and you were shipping heavy defeats and all that, like, that trust probably wouldn't, as I said, wouldn't be there. Um, and, like, you could see it even during the, the Munster Championship, like, when results probably weren't going the way they wanted to. Like they still trusted in the system, they trusted in the process, they didn't deviate from what they've been good at these last couple of years. Like, you know, they didn't revert back to to traditional limerick of lumping ball back in and being under pressure and being flustered. Like they just trusted that their hurling was good enough and they trusted each other more importantly. Like so there's obviously um on on field leaders there as well. And and when when Declan wasn't there as captain, I know I know I mentioned at the start about Nikki, but just to have a presence there, you know, in the nest to Whatever happened inside there, it was only 30 seconds of it, no bearing on the game. But to have a leader there that can just calm things down and you know, get reset. And and Nicky, you know, is the longest serving member of the panel. That It's really important that there's someone like there that he can see what's going on. He obviously realised something was happening and just slow it down, reset and go again. Yeah, exactly. And like this is where you could see like Dara was doing in the middle of the field. You know, he was talking to lads and egging them on. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um like if you look up through the, the spine of that Limerick team outside of Nicky, like Jack, there with to say Dan Morrissey at three, William at six, or Declan at six, you know, William when he was at midfield with Dara, Keane at 11, or Groad at 11, or Tom, whoever it was, you know, and even Aaron inside, like that spine is very experienced there as well. And you can see like when the screw has been turned on Limerick, like that, that's I think what Limerick have over other teams, like that, that spine is so experienced and so, just so calm, like that. Again, they'd be shouting to the lads like, oh, look, we've done, we've been in this position before, we've experienced this, like, you know, there's no need to panic. Um, so, like, there, there's leaders everywhere, really, to be honest with you. And it doesn't matter if you're if you're 30, whatever Quaid is now, 39, we'll call him, um, or Colin O'Neill coming on at 22, 23, like, you know, or any English, whoever it is, like, you know, they're, in fairness to all of them, like, the lads are, they're, they're leaders, like, and that's why they're, they're so successful, like, so. We have a, a guest joining us in the background, Barry. We had promised that he'd, he'd make an appearance. Uh, Matt, we're just talking about the Galway game and we briefly mentioned Nicky there, but I'm sure there's questions you'd love to ask Barry. Ah, yeah, Barry. I, I suppose I, I've lost the drift of the conversation because of the gremlins here of, 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 um, of, and the vagaries of broadband out in rural Ireland. Um, but, Barry, I'm, I'm just wondering, um, obviously, you know, if you could bring me if you could bring me up to speed on your take on, on, on the whole Galway game last week, um, I suppose it was a game of a quarter, uh, sorry, a third and two thirds, if you like, because certainly the first 20, 25 minutes belonged entirely to Galway. And for a long time, they looked poised to upset Limerick, but Limerick were just awesome once they got going. Uh, yeah, Matt, um, you'll have to write a letter to your local TD and you Matt, about the broadband issue and see if they can get something started. <laughs> um, yeah. 
yeah, the, as you said to Jack there, Matt, that um, I suppose Limerick probably struggled a little bit in the first 20 minutes to get to grips with the, I suppose, the extra man. There wasn't really an extra man. It's just kind of the way the Limerick play. Um, Peter Casey was kind of for, foraging back into the middle third space and that, um, that Hogan's stand side and the low goal to build a bit of a platform there. And I think when Limerick finally got to grips with that and pushed up on that side of the field, especially, and disrupted that ball into Conor Whelan, Matt, um, you know, and turned up, as I said to Jack, turned up the heat and the intensity and you could see the the, the tackle count started to rise then and the, the intensity of the hit started to rise. Galway just couldn't live with it um, and it looks like they got a little bit flustered and decided that uh, they were going man-marking the Limerick team, which you can't really do because it's just open spaces everywhere else. Like, And I think the energy we used there, Jack, was it's fires. Like They, they put out one fire and next minute another fire pops up in Shevin Flanagan or with Tom Morris or Groot, whoever it is. Like, you know, so it's... Um, played into Limerick's hands and even though they performed really well they probably left a few scores behind them as well which could have pushed them further ahead um, I know Tom had a couple of shots he would probably be disappointed with off two intercept puckouts um, but being honest Matt I thought they wouldn't pull it up in the end um, which is a good sign as well you know that there was still more in the tank there Barry, how much of the first 25 minutes was a, a, a settling down period for what was a restructured backline? Um, yeah, I think, look, the damage probably came from further out to field, Matt, as they go back to that spare man, like, and there was always going to be that, uh, I suppose, when you look at the narrative around the two teams as well, and this match again, and, you know, it was the second year in a row that it was Limerick and Galway, and everyone talking about how Galway were the team that could only physically match Limerick, um, which I think is, has been put to bed now, being honest with you, because Limerick absolutely, I thought, blew them off the park. Um... I suppose, look, they were looking to get the terms with Conor Whelan and, you know, you Brenton Cannon was moving around, Evan Nyland was moving around and Conor was popping up behind Dan Marcy and Barry at times, you know, and between the two of them, they kind of lost him a couple of times. Um, but then when they kind of put pressure on that ball that was coming in and the ball striker and the quality of the ball had kind of started to deteriorate from a Galway side of it, Matt, I thought the, the, the lads in the back got on top of it, you know, it allowed William to sit a little bit more and enforce our kind of game not, and just gave us a better platform than working the, the ball out of the back Talk us through if you will and you have vast experience of it of what this fortnight is going to be like the lead into the All-Ireland final um, It'll be very enjoyable anyway Matt uh, because for years you were waiting you were waiting from you know and it's kind of I suppose it's a regular thing now thank God for the last couple of years but um, I look Connor or John and Caroline will be just making sure that lads are comfortable, you know, that nothing changes, even though it's not in the final, it's still, a, it's still another game, it's still another opportunity to go out and play for your, for your county and play for each other and get up to Crow Park, you know, so, um, they won't be, uh, they won't be alone the occasion to play them anyway, Matt, they're, they're quite experienced group at this stage, you know, and they know, they know what works from, and, um, they trust in that, and you can even see it with the four-week break, they're like, they have it down to a team, you know, at this stage between the Munster Championship and the semi-final, like, you know, they they have all these things rehearsed and they, they trust the, the process that's there to, to get them over the line again. Um, is on that, is Matt, it a fair I... question? Go on, Matt. Sorry, just one last one from me, Jack. Is it a fair question, um, Barry? Do you really miss it? I would, Matt. You know, you'd miss it. Uh, you would miss it this time of the year anyway. You know, when the evenings are brighter and glads of friends inside the Gaelic grounds there, like, and you might drive fast there some evenings and, geez, I should be inside here. Um... But don't worry, my, my time is uh, my my time my time is actually I'm busier now than I was when I was hurling with Limerick between coaching Blow and Kerry now and playing with Kilmarnock and uh, the Smallies at home and all that. I'm I'm nearly uh, shipping the night now at home at the moment. So, 
I'll jump back in there again. Just on that previous one, Barry. I suppose what were you like before you know, a, a big game like that? Are, are you calm or are you just waiting to to get it over and done with? Kind of. Um, until Caroline was involved, anyway, I was probably the worst person in the world to be around. Definitely was the worst person to be around. And then I suppose look as you get older and you get uh, a lot more experience, like you you just enjoy it a lot more, like because especially with the first couple in 18 and even the semi-final in 19 into 20 then with COVID years and the whole lot like you know, they, they don't come around too often um, even though they have been around for the last four or five years the Limerick like um, opportunities like this are they're hard earned to be fair and when you do get an opportunity like you just have to you have to be in the moment and embrace the now rather than you know allowing your, yourself to look backwards or looking too far too far forward into the future like and talking talking yourself out of it nearly you know by winding yourself up into a bag of nerves about scenarios and what ifs and what coulds that might never possibly happen so um, definitely learn to enjoy it a lot more anyway Jack um, and Before we go obviously Barry it was you know two more master glasses by the goalies Nicky and Owen there's, there's nothing really to separate the two of them they're just out on their own as the best in the country Yeah to be fair to them um, probably two two different goalkeepers as well Jack um, two completely different goalkeepers to be honest you know I suppose Owen would probably be perceived to be more of a, a flashier goalkeeper we'll, we'll say you know in terms of his uh, his shot stopping all the saves he seemed to make seemed to be nearly Premier League stuff um, whereas I think Nicky is such uh, look my, my bias is obviously with Nicky you know I obviously think Owen is a fantastic keeper as well but um, from watching Nicky over the years like his his basics and his the basic fundamentals he has Jack that sets him apart like because the saves he, he does make, you know, his his hurling intelligence and his goalkeeping intelligence is so good that he puts himself in the right position to make what looks like an easy save, but it's actually quite a difficult save to make, but it just looks so easy to him, you know, because it's just from how good he is. Like So um, it'd be interesting to see the two of them on the Ireland final day and what Kenny will do, because I was, I was fascinated to see what Galway would do in the fuck out last day, um, would the Limerick have it or what, what they do, but... Uh, Kenny will be a different story in terms of the, the intensity and physicality they're definitely going to bring. So, Yeah, 100%. Um, just finally, obviously, I don't think anyone in Limerick would swap Nicky Quaid for anyone. But I know on Murphy's save, like, you know, talk us through that as a goalie in terms of seeing it very, very late and, and he might have gone past the small bit. Just how good of a save was it, really? I just look if you watch it in it's like everything in slow mo it makes it look really good or it makes it look horrible. But um watching it back there, like it came through three or four different hurlies, you know, it was a shot in the volley that could go absolutely anywhere as well. You know, and the fact that he saw it late then as well, and he probably, as you said there, he probably died and was gone a little bit past it and forced him to swing back a bit. But the fact he even got a hurley to check and got it onto the onto the crossbar as well, because when you take a swing of it like that as a goalkeeper, like it could go absolutely anywhere. Um, and you're always kind of taught to stay as square as you can to the ball or because if you open your body there's a good chance it'll, it'll ricochet back behind you but um, for, yeah for just uh, his footwork first to get there and then his agility obviously to, to pull off that kind of a save you know um, it was just it was, it was top drawer and it it might have swung I suppose the people that do pick the, the all-stars um, it might have put him a, a slight slight nose ahead um, on Nicky but um, I'm I'm hoping that uh, that Nicky has a, a fantastic final and that you know he gets the credit he deserves again. Yeah, I I think Nicky's hard player. I wouldn't mind the All Stars, but we as the public would love to see him 
have a lot more yeah. th- than he has. But look, it'll be it'll be a very very exciting week. Um, again, we're certainly looking forward to Barry. Thank you very much for your time, and I hope you can enjoy the build up into the All Ireland final without worrying about uh ifs and outs and trying to keep cool. <laughs> I've uh, I've a Kerry semi final on the Saturday before. No, Jack, to look forward to first. Uh, so that's the that's what's keeping me uh, grounded at the moment. So um, when that's all out over and done with, I can enjoy the the following day then. So. Yeah, you've 24 hours to, to get yeah, ready and then hopefully exactly. we'll be we'll be enjoying it for, for the Sunday and the week ahead. But Barry, Good thanks course. very much for, for no coming on and talk, talking to us and we'll see you soon. Thanks, lads. Thanks talk very much, Barry. Bye, Cheers, bye. Now, Matt, that was former Limerick goalie Barry Hennessy giving us his time there talking about Limerick versus Galway and obviously looking into Limerick versus Kilkenny in uh, the All-Iron final in less than two weeks' time. So, Matt, it was comfortable in the end in Crow Park as an overall 75 minutes what did you make of Limerick's performance well as you know I wasn't in Crow Park Jack um, for circumstances outside my control unfortunately but um, I, I watched it very very closely on television and I would have to say after 25 minutes I was seriously 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 worried because um, as you know, at the outset of the competition, I did tip Galway as being the greatest threat to Limerick. And, um, you know, for 25 weary minutes, uh, my worst fears seemed to be about to be realised. Um, but, Jack, when Limerick got into their stride, this was an awesome performance. Without question, the best performance of the year. And yeah. it will rank up with, with, with some of the very best, Jack, um, that that will say um, second half and ten minutes that you know forty five minutes will, will rank up with the very best that they have produced all, going back all the way to twenty eighteen. It was simply phenomenal, and 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 Barry was right. Like the 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 the, the, the threat of Galway's physicality was literally blown out of the water, absolutely blown out of the water. You know, and I, 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 I think the margin could have been greater now, Jack. And I'm not, uh, you know, feeling greedy or anything like that. But you know, like, you know, where where does it end? The adaptability of of the players, like William O'Donoghue, was was just simply enormous, Jack. Absolutely. Um, we see Kane Lynch, um, back a lot. You know. Just one step below his best, I'd say, Jack. Right up there again in terms of influence and everything. And it augurs very well for Limerick for the final. That, that yeah. you know, um, the type of forum that Keane is running into at this stage. And what about Adam Galan? You know, like, the two goals, like, absolutely, the first one, where he won possession, made space for himself and buried it. And he, Jack, his reaction for the second one. Like... <clears throat> Most fellas would say, you know, they bat, he batted it in it, into the crossbar. They'd say, job done. But he was alert for what was going to happen and buried it first time, you know. Um, yeah. Fantastic. But all over the pitch, you know, all over the pitch, like the way that the, the defence settled as a unit, like minus two key players and minus, and minus the... Um, Minus uh, the, the the leadership of Declan Hannon, like as as John Kiley put it, um, um, was it after the match he put it, or was it without press evening on Monday evening that he put it like that he was replacing a leader with another leader, yeah. and and Winnemore Donovan who has taken on that mantle, like and you know the performance of Darrow Donovan, like 
we could go on and, and go on and go on and should be all eulogizing Jack. It's 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 and what about Mikey Casey's save off the line? Yeah, and it was, Which it was he, a real turning point because they would have been eight down if, if Mike didn't yeah. didn't get uh, as he called it the other evening a save. Um but just Which, which you have him saying insisting because a save, yeah. Yeah, but it's just pure this Limerick team, their instincts are generally very, very good. And without that intervention, you know, the game could have gone a different way, but I suppose you didn't I, have. I, I the... don't know, would it, Jack? I, I, I don't know, would it, because of the mental strength of Limerick and 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 what they have in the tank in the face of in the face of adversity. Um, I, I, what I think it would have done, it might have altered the winning margin downwards. Yeah, maybe. I, I just thought it, it was a, it was a crucial few, few minutes um around mm-hmm. there because I think Dara gets a point at the other end, but. Obviously, Barry mentioned it when he was saying about Will going to six, that you're looking out at the trees warming up and you wouldn't have had the the benefit of that at home watching. But were you surprised, first and foremost, the way they went about Will at six and just moving Dave into centre, Keane to midfield? Yeah, well, maybe a bit surprised, but not shocked, if you if you can get what I'm trying to say. Um you know, we, you and I, Jack, have seen Willem O'Donoghue being a very, very effective centre half back. Mm. You know, and <clears throat> the changes that were made were, were, they were all for the better, Jack. Keane Lynch was very comfortable in his new surroundings. You'd Garod going to his familiar surroundings. So, um, look, it, it goes down, Jack, as, as, Another Kylie Kinnart masterstroke, you know. Yeah, it does. And look, it we haven't ruled out Declan for the final as of yet, and, and he won't be ruled out until the team is named and the team actually takes the field on, on Sunday week. But you'd be happy with Will in his position, and you'd also be very happy with a number of players are really starting to to find their game. You mentioned Keane did a lot of nice stuff, especially in the second half. Garrod looked more like himself. Kyle Hayes was his all conquering self yeah. uh, at wing back. You know, there was Aaron Galan has been like that all year, but the players seem to hit in the form at the right time with only one game left. Absolutely. And you, you just mentioned something there, Jack. And um, um, like, you know, the narrative has, has been convulsed to a degree since the all since the semi final with the performance of Aaron Galan, the performance of Willem O'Donoghue at centre field, um, the return to a top form of Keane Lynch. But, Absolutely. What was another very, very encouraging factor was the form of, of Kyle Hayes. We, we, we saw Kyle Hayes at his his most effective best on 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 on, on last Saturday. I, I I thought at times he he was awesome. He caused Galway untold trouble down that left flank. And um, look, that, that overall, Jack. Um, it it. I suppose discounting the the, 20, the first twenty five minutes, you know, which unfortunately were there, but um, it, it was nearly a consummate team performance. You know, yeah, it was. In in a way, do you think, um, you know, John Kiley and Kinnerk would be not happy, but you know, there's something clearly there to work on for Limerick going into the final that it wasn't the perfect performance. There was. It was perfect at times, but there's still that... It wasn't even complacency, as you said. I think it was just getting used to the new surroundings. But we've seen Kilkenny this year. They're a really formidable team that you couldn't give them a 25-minute head start because 
that's what we did in 19 and, and couldn't claw back, you know. So there are things for Limerick to work on. Ah, there is, and there is, and and, and John Kiley and Paul Kinnock, no doubt, will be delighted to have that stick to wave over them of that 21st, 25 minutes. And it, it, it gives them room to... it. Give, look, um, Jack, how serious it might have been, you're right, had it had that 25 minutes occurred um, uh, in, 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 in the final against Kilkenny. Like we said all the time, like um, when we heard that Declan Hannon was out, you know, that... Um, Three weeks was a lot of time to be giving to John Kiley and Paul Kinnerk, you know, if you, yeah. if you were trying to plot their downfall, um, that they were going to come up with a solution. So, like, they're, they're going to come up with a solution to that. It, it won't happen in the All-Ireland final, Jack. Be absolutely certain about that. You've been an advocate for, for Galway over the last few years, Matt, and I would have been the same, that they were potentially the team to take down Limerick. But, you know... Obviously, the Ireland final 2018 was it's a game of its own merit. Pushed them really close in two semi-finals in 2020 and last year. But 2023, you know, they look back as very like a very disappointing year. You know, did it did it go wrong for Galway because Limerick were so good, or do you find it was more down? Well, a lot down to their own performance as well. Um, I, 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 I think in general, and I've looked at them a good few times on television this year, um, and I think um, Galway have regressed, Jack, and that was borne out last last Sunday, uh, last Saturday. Um, I, I think, um, for instance, Dahi Burke and Garod McInerney aren't as me, aren't as effective as they used to be. I thought that half forward line, um, really got blown out of it once Limerick settled down and. Um, you know, I, I I think they need an infusion of of, of uh, a big infusion of new blood, and um, I I I I think after this defeat now, Jack, that that Galway are going to go into a transition process, and I I I, I think you'll have to see new faces. It probably it was probably you know too soon for we'll say Evan Nyland and Keenan Fahey and. Yeah, and, and and these people, but they 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 have a future, um, the like of Kevin Cooney and and those. But um, I I I think in general as a team that I thought Galway had regressed somewhat. And obviously, then we will be spending a lot of time next week looking at Kilkenny. But what do you make of them so far this year? Because to me, they look a lot better than the team that even reached an Ireland final last year and pushed Limerick all the way. Yeah, that was the point I was trying to make to John Kiley on Monday night, if you remember when I asked him about, uh, you know, the Kilkenny, the measurable improvement in Kilkenny. I think there is, but um, I, I, I think the only resemblance to Kilkenny today and the Kilkenny team that we'll reach in the All-Ireland, we'll meet in the All-Ireland final with that which we met in the league final is the colour of the jerseys. Because I, I thought in the league final they were absolutely pathetic, but... Um, in typical Kilkenny fashion, like they they um, they 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 they've timed it perfect, and um, we you know we'll have to say it again. And that that there's there's an awful element out there, particularly uh, on the East Coast, that don't like it. But they uh, they were able to amble through a Leinster Championship, and um, they they you know they were pretty sure of of getting through, and and um, uh, you know that probably just hit their peak at the right time or just about to peak at the right time in in the way they dug out that um that um victory over Galway in the in the um 
Leinster final, which must be a huge, huge morale booster for any team. And then, you know, you know the way they put Claire to the sword. Claire have found out something, Jack, that, that we, we, we have known for a very, very long time to our detriment up to 2018, and that is that Croke Park is a very unforgiving place. Like they are right, they won there in 2013. They've lost three semi-finals since. Like we lost a whole myriad of games between 73 and 2018 in Croke Park. It was, it was our graveyard, and now Claire are finding a bit of that. And of course, I I, I think some of the top uh, no, I know David McInerney and those were absolutely fantastic, but and David Fitzgerald. But like, did Tony Kelly hit hit his best form? In, in, in the semi-final? I, I, I wouldn't think so, you know. And, um, like, you know, I... I Kilkenny were deserving winners, I thought, Jack, but only just. But certainly Clare have, 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 um, have um, you know, they have improved since last year in, in terms of going on to the All-Ireland series. The big win over Dublin ran Kilkenny very close. They're getting there. You know, but can they take the extra step? I don't know. But um, like as as I said, they have found that, like we found for so long, Croke Park is a very very difficult place. Yeah, and I, I I went through our predictions there at the start of the year, and I I had looked for a Kilkenny Limerick final. I just thought it was going to be so crucial who won Leinster, and I thought Kilkenny would win Leinster. Now they probably won it a bit easier than Limerick won Munster. We didn't envisage that, but. One of the players we had we had um, picked out for the potential hurler of the year was Aaron Galan, and uh, I mean he's only he's a decent performance away from winning the award. He doesn't have to shoot the lights out. I mean, so often this year he's been the man just at the crucial time. You know he he ran riot in in the Munster final, and you know his goal, his early goal proved crucial in keeping Limerick afloat on Saturday, and his second goal. Kill the game off, but a man just operating on a, on a on a different stratosphere. Oh, he's on a different stratosphere, and actually, he's in the form and shape of his life. Um, 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 Jack, um, an absolutely fantastic player, and I agree totally with you that he's he's only um, um uh, you know, even by his high standards, um, a less than top performance away from from being named Holler of the Year because, um. You know who who who's to deprive him of it? You know he's he he's he's been on a different level this year. There's no question about it, and I I think it's generally acknowledged at this stage. Yeah, I think Owen Cody is the only man that could uh, take you could you could usurp him at this stage, and I suppose that'll probably come down to who wins the final. But I think if if Limerick if it's a uh, Declan Hannon or, or Keen Lynch or could be uh, one of them in a tracksuit this year, uh, roles reverse. But I think if it's a Limerick man lifting the Lee McCarthy, I think Aaron is is the harder of the year. I don't think there's there's any doubt in that. But you know, so many top class performers all over all over the field, and and likewise for Kilkenny, that the matchups it's it's probably more exciting than it was last year. That there's a, there's a sense that Limerick have come back to the Packers mob. But I don't know the Saturday performance abolished that, but. I think this is a better Kilkenny team than we saw 12 months ago and we saw how close that game was that it, it's really promising to be it could be an all-time classic in the All-Ireland Final 
It could. Oh, it has the ingredients of it, Jack. It has the ingredients of it. Um, but, uh, the, you know, the sense that, that Limerick have come back into the pack, I think, for, um, for a certain, to a certain degree, was blown out of the water and in, in, in 40 minutes in Croke Park last Saturday evening. So, <coughs> were Limerick to produce that sort of a performance against Kilkenny, you know, I, I can only see one winner, but... Um, uh, obviously, we'll be discussing it at Lint next week when, we'll, when, as you know, Jack, we'll have a very special guest on from Kilkenny. So um, we're, we're really looking forward to, the, to, to teasing it out with him. And, and um, you know, so that, that you know, it, it, it's going to be, it, it has, you're right, it has the ingredients of a classic All-Ireland final. Yeah, hopefully um, it lives up to the bill or at least that it's a, a Limerick win. Um before we go from the weekend's actions, Matt, Nicky Quaid and Owen Murphy, you know, a toss of a coin. I, I know we're really biased towards Nicky and we put this to Barry Hennessy, but two goalies just out on their own. Jack, the top two goalkeepers in the country. And, you know, you've, you've seen a lot what? more than me, Matt. Where will they, like, when they finish up in terms of all-time, you know, they have to be right near the top of the list, both of them. Well, Nicky Quaid has the medals to show for it, you know, in, in terms of All-Ireland medals and, and the level of performances. You you know where I stand on that one, Jack, and I feel you're yeah. you're, you're, you're trying to get me going now, but um, no, no, no. no, no. You, that, that innocent shake of the head doesn't wash, Jack. <laughs> but um, yeah, my, my, my position doesn't need to be reiterated on that one. And on Murphy then? My position doesn't need to be reiterated. Owen Murphy is a very good goalkeeper. But I rate That's... Nicky Quaid so highly, as people know, you know, that he, he's just up there as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And I, I, I was saying to, to Barry, you know, it was crucial. Whatever went wrong, the, the contact lens or a belt he got, it was only very brief. It happens all throughout the game. But just to have that wherewithal and knowledge just to slow things down, He's the man that has more possessions than anyone, and, and Limerick are in a very good position. That it, it, it's Nicky Quaid as Limerick's number one, and, and hopefully he'll be number one on the All Star team later on the year. We won't get into All Stars because that'll, no, that'll no, definitely. We, we, we'll get into All Stars only when we have to. Yeah, and hopefully it'll be. Uh, look, there's. We might say one thing about the All-Stars. Like, who, for you, has their place guaranteed in the All-Star team, regardless of how anyone else plays in the final from Limerick? Well, I think Willem O'Donoghue um, and, and Dara O'Donovan, they have been ma magnificent all year. And, and like, uh, Willem O'Donoghue has added another string to his bow with, 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 mm. with, with, um, with, with his performance in showing his versatility and adaptability. Who has had a fantastic year for Limerick is Tom Morrissey. Yeah, Tom has been brilliant. I tweeted four lads I thought that have been just super all year. Um, two Morrissey's, Dan and Tom, I think are guaranteed. Dara Donovan um, and Aaron Galan. And then there's a, a few, good few more, uh, the likes of Kyle, Dear Burns, Will, um, and Ernie, another decent performance away from an all-star. But look, we won't dwell on them too much because I know... Uh, it can be the, it can be a, a controversy when those teams are named because we'd have, you have an obsession with uh, you have an obsession with all stars this morning, Jack. But um, I have, I'm not going to rise to debate. 
No, we'll we'll leave that as you said until uh, the, the men in suits have decided who who are going to get them at, at the banquet. But very exciting times, Matt. Um, a fifth All Ireland in six years to look forward to. Um, could you could you have ever envisaged a scenario like this? Not at all, Jack. Not at all. I, I, I absolutely. I had despaired in ever winning an All-Ireland final in Croke Park. It was there in 80, 94, 96, 2007, you know, and the heartbreak, particularly in the 90s, um, you know, losing losing that particular game to Wexford anyway, and the way we lost the game to Offaly, I said to myself, oh, my God, this, 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 you know, we, we, we're never going to see the day now, you know, but... Um, um, Look, this is dreamland, Jack. This is dreamland. And we're going to have a generation of young people now, we'll say between something like between the age of 10 to 16 at the moment, you know, when they have been brought up in a diet of absolute fantastic success. And you're just going to, you're just about to wonder um, how they will adapt when, when you know, we'll be coming up second best and won't be lifting silverware every every year. But it's a wonderful place to be. It's a fantastic odyssey for somebody like myself that has been involved so long in the game um, <coughs> to see that this happen. You know, you, you dream of winning Munal Ireland, Jack. But to be possibly on the threshold of five and six years, like it, it's, it's, it's almost unimaginable. You know, there is no way... No matter how you scratch your head, you could have you could have contemplated this. It's absolutely fantastic. Full credit, Jack. We must give. We, we we're talking all the time about our players and what have you. But we have a, we have a management team, Jack, that's second to none. Yeah. You know, led by the Messiah John Kiley and and um, you know Paul Kenner, Shawnee O'Donnell, the whole lot of them, Don Logrady. Alan Cunningham, you, you can name them. Um, you know, absolutely, absolutely fantastic. They have done a marvellous job, an incredible job. Not, 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 not to forget Dr. James Ryan, keeping, keeping, body, keeping the bodies together. And, you know, it, it's, it's a, it's a marvellous team behind a marvellous team. That's what it is, Jack. Yeah, and I, you must acknowledge the support as well, Matt, because... Yeah, again, you you weren't there, but the, the sixty thousand that were in Crow Park, you'd say a good sixty to seventy percent of that was Limerick. And you know they're very expensive days coming up to Dublin, and we've had an awful lot of them in recent years. But it's one thing that has probably never really wavered, Matt. There's obviously huge support now and more than ever before. But even at the lowest lows, um, the Limerick you know fan base has been one to cherish and it, it's grown. It's ever expanding now, obviously, as teams get successful, it gets it gets bigger and bigger. But fair play to the Limerick contingent, um, you know, turning Dublin into Sea Green every time we go up there. And, you know, one more one more job for the year, uh, Sunday, July 23rd at, at half three in Crow Park. Yeah, one but when we're handing out the kudos there, um, you know, they must also go to the, to the Lyle sponsor, the McManus family, who have... You know, and um, it's easy to say, look, um, you know, they, 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 they're sponsoring a successful team, Jack, but they were on board long before Limerick started winning all Ireland's. And um, it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's not a commercial thing with them. It's just a love of love of the game and a love of Limerick. Yeah. You know, obviously, um, reaping the rewards of that support over the last few years and long may that partnership and 
the, the current Limerick setup uh, continue to prosper as we prepare, as I said, for a fifth All-Ireland in six years. It's kind of a, a pinch-me moment when you when you say words like that, but we won't. We're not getting sick and tired of winning anytime soon, uh, as Declan Hannah would say. But look, we'll, we'll look ahead to the game next week in more detail. We'll have a couple of guests and, uh, you know, it'll be really in the All-Ireland final atmosphere. But um, It's worth saying, Jack, that we have a very, very well-known Kilkenny guest, which... We'll, we'll we'll be very pleased to unveil next week. <laughs> yeah, we locked it down the other day. But um, at the who, weekend, who knows Matt's... a thing or two about winning all Ireland's as well as what else he has achieved in the association? Uh, yeah, but I I think Kenny wouldn't be a stone's throw away from someone that has that's won Ireland. In fairness to him, but at the weekend, Matt, um, obviously the hurling was Saturday. On Sunday, ladies footballers fell to defeat. Um against down in Newcastle West. Kind of a dead rubber in, in many respects. Both teams are true to an All-Ireland semi-final. You're playing for first place. Um, but there there was, I suppose, a repercussion that defeat means you play for Mena. And we know if Mena are like at this grade and they have been the team to beat Limerick in a number of semi-finals since Limerick went back down in, in 2019. But on the game itself, Matt, um, some bright sparks, but down were worthy winners. Yeah, Jack, they were worthy winners. Um, I couldn't argue with that. I, 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 I was there. Um, it looked pretty bright for Limerick in the first half. They, they played pretty well in the first half. I think we're only a point down at halftime, seven points to one three. Um, the Limerick goal had come from Amy, Amy, Amy Ryan, who delightfully delightfully lobbed the goalkeeper after about seven or eight minutes. Um, a fine execution of a goal by Amy, and she quickly added a point. But um, they were down by a point at halftime, turning over against the breeze. Now, you know, it was very, very hard to make a judgment as to what, in terms of points or scores, um, the, the value of the breeze or the advantage of the breeze. But it, it was an advantage. But... Jack, we always seem to be coming up against this one marquee player. And um, like in in the league semi-final, it was all at printer, you know, who caused all sorts of problems for Limerick. Last year in the All-Ireland semi-final, it was Emer Smith for Man. And now we understand that Emer Smith is not playing this year. Um, but last Sunday, it, 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 it was Natasha Ferris who got a goal in eight points. Now, her goal was of a fortuitous nature. Um, it accrued from <coughs> a free that was dropped in and seemed to defeat the, deceive the Limerick defence and in, ended up in the net. But she ended up with one eight in total. Limerick were poor by their standards in the second half. Their level of performance dropped. Um, the number of final passes that weren't complete. Um, they had a number of turnovers. Look, Jack, the second half gave Graham Shine and his management team and a whole lot of things to work on. And um, look, um, I, I, this narrative is going around, look, that, we, we, you know, it would be great to be playing Carlo instead of Fermanagh. I sort of don't buy into that at all, Jack, for the simple reason that this is the last four. And mm. <laughs> if you have to have ultimate success, you have to beat what's in front of you at this stage. You don't have any yeah. choice about it. And I know Fermanagh were runners-up last year and all that sort of a thing. But you must remember, Jack, we beat Fermanagh in the league semi-final last year. Yeah. 
don't need that. You know, so um, I, I, I met some people throwing their hands up, you know, in Newcastle West <coughs> after the match there, and they're saying, oh, sure, look, we've, you know, it's for man and all. You know, um, I don't know what this morbid fear of man is. You know, I... I I I I think that I I I think for men are beatable, and <coughs> Limerick put on a very decent performance against Sligo, who were who up to this year were an intermediate team and who were a Division Three team. So yeah. if, if 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 you want to benchmark Limerick, you know that that is it, and and the performance was much much better than than than. Um, then the performance last Sunday, and it it, it it wasn't it 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 wasn't um, that down were that much better than Sligo that we lost the football match. It was that we didn't reach the same level of performance. That was the reason why we lost, and it, that was disappointing. But as I said, it has given Graham Shine and his management team plenty ammunition for the two weeks in the lead into the All Ireland semi final. Now, as we sit here at the moment, I don't know if it has been changed yet. I was going to get into the, this. The semi-final is penciled in to clash with the All Ireland final. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. So I, I, I you know, I, I don't know. No, Graham Shine was was telling us after like that they were going to make moves immediately to get it to get it changed. Now, and that's going to be at a venue up the country, um, because. Limerick over the last couple of, uh, of games now have been on a diet of home matches against Sligo and against Down. But as far as qualifying for the All-Ireland semi-final, Jack, I, I look at this positively. They got the job done because they were oh. certainly in the, tougher, they were in the tougher of the two groups. No question about that. And I, I, I'm absolutely convinced. You know, I, I'm, I'm convinced for Manor... Um, with Emer Smith are beatable. We showed that last year. And without her, you know, it's a 50-50 game. At, you know, and I, I I honestly think that there are so many obvious things that, that Limerick failed to do, particularly in the second half uh, last Sunday, that if they get if they get it right against Fermanagh, we could be looking at a return to Croke Park. Yeah, hopefully, and you know, Emer Smith obviously is one of the best players in the country in any grade. But it was a game that that Limerick didn't need to win. Now they'll know next game is a knockout game. Um, maybe not a wake up call, but just a small sign again that we do need to be at our best every day, and they'll definitely be at their best against Fermanagh. Um, I can't imagine that game is going to go ahead on the twenty third. I know a lot of the players. Um, would have conflicted interests and people in general. I'm sure everyone wants to go to the Ireland final, and as many want to go to the All Ireland semi final. So let's just hope for everyone's sake that that game is switched probably to the Saturday. I, I think Sunday is definitely not a runner, but the Saturday is definitely more doable. But um, work to be done, yeah. but definitely. You're so Fun. polite, Jack. Let's hope for a bit of common sense. Yeah, common common sense, I suppose, is probably the the right word there. Um, you you mentioned you know one player having a huge impact um, for a certain team and for the junior Camogie side, Matt. That was Sean Fallon at the weekend, four in a row down the stretch to get a, a three point win for us, Common and eliminate eliminate a youthful but 
exciting Limerick junior side at the quarterfinal stage. You know, it looked well. Valerie and pointed with about 10 to play, but Limerick went ahead. But Shauna Fallon took over from the Ireland uh, to bring the inter-county camogie season to an end for uh, for Limerick. And disappointing result, Mess. Um, how Roscommon just pulled out, pulled out of the fire let on. Yeah, and you're talking there about Shauna Fallon. It, the, the final score was 13 points to 1-7. She scored 12 of Roscommon's 13 points. You know, mm. and I'm, we, we, that's that was the point I was making at the outset in terms of Natasha Ferris and, and Orla Printer. <coughs> she's she's on the list as well, Shauna Fallon. But it, it was very, very disappointing. If you're hit with something like that, Limerick had taken the lead um, heading up to the hour mark with, when Valerie Shannon hit over two points. They had been five points down at one stage in the second half. And uh, uh, they, they clawed it back. Valerie Shanahan buried in um, uh, uh, 21 meter free in the net. She added two points from freeze. Limerick had nosed ahead, you would imagine, just at the right time on the home straight. And lo and behold, Miss Fallon intervenes and she hits an equalizer first and then hits three points <coughs> in injury time. And it ended Limerick's championship hopes. But, Jack, you, you, right. You know, why am I going to say this? But it's congratulations to to David uh, Didi on, on, on doing a fantastic job. Um, Limerick Junior Camogie was a bit all over the shop last year, but he has put a structure in it, Jack. He has brought in young players. Um, he walked away dur during the league um, knowing that he was going to get the boost of, of some of the minor players for the championship. I think he has done a marvellous job to get to an All-Ireland quarter-final. And, um, you know, people will say, is he talking through his hat? Um, that uh, getting to a quarter-final is success. Um, but success is relative. And relative to last year, it's a major step forward. And David must take full credit for it, you know. And um, his management team, Theresa Noonan and the, and the rest of the backroom team. So, um yeah, I'm very disappointed. I'm very disappointed for him, and I'm very disappointed for the girls. And um, but look, I I'm I'm full of admiration and credit, Jack, for what they've done. Um, and uh, you know, it 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 I, I suppose in many ways, it, it 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 was like a flash of lightning, a freak occurrence. You know, you hit four points, unanswered points in on all practically in injury time to win the win the Camogie match and and. That's that's exactly what happened, but it augurs well because um, there there were a lot of players that were involved with the Limerick minor A team that reached the All Ireland Shield final, the minor A Shield final now, which means that we are we are a top twelve team, and going by that, we're a top eight team in the country. And um, David used those those players very very wisely in 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 strengthening his his um his junior squad. So. Um, look, the foundation stones have been laid, Jack, and the, the, a base has been laid for the future. So we look, uh, we hope that um, it's something to, to to build on. And I suppose overall, Jack, you, you might say um, uh, not a great year for Limerick Camogie, only, only saving senior status in the last day of the year. But the emphatic way in which they did it is <coughs> is very very promising, and it contrasts with reaching. The All Ireland quarter final last year, but 
you know, I think we have a lot of young players coming through, Jack, and um, and they'll be coming through to the senior and, and, and the junior team in the future, and we're, we're certainly looking forward to it. Yeah, the, the green shoots, as we'd say, um, you know, we're, we're seeing in, in glimpses this year, and I think it's onwards and upwards for Limerick Camogie, but unfortunately, as we said, that's mm-hmm. the, the season comes to an end. You jumping in? But before we finish the season, you must remember we won the Munster under 16A Camogie title. Mm. Which was a fantastic which was a fantastic achievement. Now we didn't we didn't go as well in, in the All Ireland series, but like any year, Jack, that you put championship silverware on the on the sideboard, it's a successful year. Yeah, any bit of silverware is successful. Um so look we'll 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 await the return of the, the club championship campaigns um kicking off soon and so that's the thing about this bit season for for the men and women, it's going to be very hectic straight from Intercounty to club. But um, we'll enjoy that aspect of it. And, and talking of that, we had the second round of the football championships mass um, over the, the weekend just gone. In Group 1, Newcastle West just pipped um, their neighbours, St. Kieran's to make it two from two. Kalion Palace-Kenry also joined them two from two with a three-point win over Ula. And Father Casey's got off the mark with a 16 points to 2-3 win over Glahan. That was Group 1, Matt. We will stay with that group for, for a minute. Obviously, all the games that I won were on Friday, so couldn't guess. We were both in, in Belly Grand on Friday, so we can talk about that game in depth if you want. I have no problem talking about Belly's team's win I, over I didn't, think, I, did, I didn't anticipate <laughs> that you would have a problem talking about it, Jack. But we'll, we'll, go, we'll go to Group 1 first. Um... Obviously, St. Kieran's have a, have a couple of uh, big injuries. Um, John Hayes and Dar Tracy were down, but it was probably their start more than anything. From what you can read from the game, they went down seven points to no score and only lost by two. Um, so it was a case of close, but not close enough. But again, Newcastle are another one of those teams that just know how to grind out wins and ahead of a five-week break. You know, themselves and KP are on, on four points and, and they'll be very happy with the start. Yeah, no, no Newcastle West were down. Um, our St. Kieran's, first of all, were, were, were down. Um, uh, Dara Tracy and John Hayes, two two huge players, as you know. Um, <coughs> I'd seen St. Kieran's the previous week against Doolan. I, I knew when I saw John, John Hayes limping off that it would be a very, very tall order to expect him to be back in seven days because he seemed to be in discomfort. And um, Newcastle West were down a very good, uh, uh, down a lot of players as well. Um, I, we were talking to Jimmy Lee in, 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 um, in Rakeel on Sunday evening and, you know, it, apart from Kianchi and he was down in Corbett, in Cor- Corbett, uh, Emmett Richter and a couple of more key players like that. Um, you know, actually, he said that 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 um, um, the the lineout from on on um, Friday Friday evening contrasted considerably with that that we played in the in the monster final in Mallow last year. And yeah, look, um, I I I think. I, I just don't know where to put St. Kearns. Um at, at the outset of the competition, even though they had won the league, I thought I saw two St. Kearns last year. I saw St. Kearns that was quite good and very good. And I saw one that was poor that bowed out of the championship to Monali. And I saw him now again in the um, first round against Dula. 
and uh, I was expecting big things after the boost of winning the league, and I'm afraid I didn't get it. Um, and um, you know, uh, but they got over the line against Tula. But um, it, it, you know, uh, Newcastle West, even, even though they were down big numbers, but you, you take John Hayes and, and, and Dara Tracy out of any team, Jack. You know, mm. you, you're going to be under a bit of pressure. You know, if if you take two leaders, two key players out of any team, and um, but Newcastle West won quite comfortably. I was talking to a couple of the Newcastle West players on Sunday in 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 Newcastle West, and obviously delighted with uh, two wins from two, and um, we'll be hoping that 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 their forces will be replenished once the time once the once the championship resumes around the seventeenth of August. So. Yeah, yeah, look, so far, Newcastle, so good West, for, for Newcastle West, like, you know, Jimmy Lee was saying, you know, when when the, when the football championship was launched, that, you know, the, the, a lot of that season could hinge on the first two games. And he was right. Um, uh, uh, they were facing Father Cases and facing um, um, <coughs> St. Cairns. And, like, you know, to come out of it with four points... They'd be absolutely delighted, and it, it, it's the perfect start. Also, a perfect start for Kildima Palace Kenry. And we did say, Jack, that of all the jewel clubs, it was most important for Kildima Palace Kenry to hit the ground running in the football championship. Oh, yeah, because they, they, they have a greater overlap, maybe with the exception of the Pearson, but they have uh, the, a greater overlap of players than the other jewel clubs. So, mm. Because Napierschik probably, you know, have hardly any. Morlin um, uh, are gone down the road of where they've hardly any either. And we know with a day that the crossover is very, very little. But the crossover is is considerable when it comes to Kildaimo Palace Kenry. So um, Kildaimo Palace Kenry is, and one fear that I did have for Kildaimo Palace Kenry, but they've blown that out of the water, and that was the second year syndrome. Um, oh. But. Um, like they've they've got the perfect start and they have one leg in the knockout stages at this stage, Jack. You know, so you know they they'll they'll be absolutely delighted, like going into the hurling championship that their footballers can say, look, we've played two matches, we've four points, we're 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 in a very very good place. Yeah, definitely Jack, in a good place. And then Father Casey's another team to get after Mark. Yeah, I worry for Clahan, Jack. You know. Um, I, I was talking to Clahan people on Sunday evening now before the game, and like they've lost a number of people, the uh, number of players to injury, and they've lost a number of players to uh, Im- immigration, and, and it showed. Now, <coughs> Father Casey's didn't root up any trees either, as far as I was concerned. Um, it was a question of getting the job done, um, you know, um, getting over the defeat of 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 um, of. Um, by Newcastle West and, and sort of relaunching that campaign. I have to say, Jack, having seen Father Casey's a couple of times last year, it was a complete new look <coughs> Father Casey's team. And speaking to some of the connections after the game, like they told me that as many as 12 of the squad that featured in the All-Ireland semi-final last year are not available to them this year. Now, yeah. uh, some of those, some of those will not be available at all this year. And whilst they're accepting expecting that may a couple may be back for the for when the when the championship or sometime after the championship resuming. 
in 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 August. So, <clears throat> in many ways, other cases have been decimated. You know, in terms of personnel, and I suppose it has had the knock-on effect that they have had to not withdraw out of the <coughs> intermediate football in championship. Mm. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Look, for the cases, we'll be glad um, to um, to get two points on the board, and um, they will be hoping that over the next five or six weeks that they'll get some somebody's back, and I think one or two important players will be due to be returning at that stage. And um, uh, if that amount of serious challenge, Jack, they, they they will need it because looking 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 at the group there now, we have. Um, you, you, you know, Kildama Palace, Kenry, Newcastle West, they're, 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 um, they're two turns of the way, Jack, to um, a quarter final place at least. Oh, yeah, 100%. Then an absolute crucial game, and, uh, you know, I don't want to preempt anything. An absolute crucial game in that group, Jack, is going to be Father Cases and St. Young's. Yeah. It, it, it'll be massive. There's a lot of there's a lot of crucial games coming up in both groups and and as you mentioned for the likes of KP Newcastle um, Adair Monoline these teams that when the hurling starts now you know they have two rounds of hurling play by the time they get to playing football they play two more rounds back to back it's going to be very hectic and you mentioned you know the importance of KP getting the two wins in Group One in Group Two Adair were the same they made it two from two with a Fairly comfortable victory by the looks of it. Um over Napiershig uh won, won 10 to four points. Now Napiershig actually went four two ahead and uh, Adair kicked one eight without response in the final forty minutes. But you know, like like uh, Newcastle West, very hard to catch Adair in the group stages. Um probably would have put a lot of thought into the Monoline game, caught through that by a point and Really flex their muscles a small bit, and they're in pole position. They're the only team in in Group Two with maximum points, and hard to see them not finishing top of the group anyway. Yeah, it's it's difficult, Jack. Um, you know, um, uh, there, um, you know, appear to, of course, they, with the box back on board, you know, um, who were missing for part of last year. Um, that that's a major boost, and and um, they were very much to the fore in this win. I think they, did they get one five between them, all from play. Sure. I think, yeah, you know. So um, um, yeah. Look, I suppose a dare winning is something that why are we shocked? It's something that we have we have something that we have come accustomed to. It's 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 a kind of a standard for the the Limerick Football Championship at this stage in the group stages. Yeah, but you know it 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 was really welcome to the big time for Napierschik after that win over Ballysteen, and um, it 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 um, not that I think that Napierschik um, are any in any imminent danger of going back down again or anything like that. You know. Yeah. But it, it it was a lesson and a lesson that I'm sure that they will take on board um, when hostilities resume in, in August. And um, yeah, look, it's 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 um, very very hard to see any anybody dislodging a dare from uh, snaffling the 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 semi final place from the from the group. Yeah, and results elsewhere, 
means, you know, the, the battle for second and third is very, very tight. Obviously, by the CMB Celtic Gales, 113 to 14 points a game we were both at. But um, Mona Lean also beat by the Landers, 111 to 12 in a game that's really ebbed and flowed throughout. And I know Bally held the leads late on, but, you know, Mona Lean came good towards the end to get a crucial win that leaves. Mona Lean, um, Ballystine, Celtic Gales, and the Pearshig all on two points heading into the break. And it's, you know, setting up nicely there. It's setting up nicely. It's going to be a very competitive, um, it's going to be a very competitive um, uh, three remaining rounds in, uh, rounds in this competition. And um, I, as you were there, Jack, just as I was there at the Ballystine, Celtic Gales game. And I have to say, <coughs> I, I I was shocked first of all that Ballystine lost in the Pearson in the first round. I have to say that, but I I, I was impressed with with Ballystine for a long, long time as they built up um, what was a commanding lead in the first half. Um, now the Gales came very, very much into it in the second half, but but they closed the gap on a couple of occasions to two points. They were down seven at one stage, I think, in the first half. And they yeah. closed the gap in the second half, but they just couldn't get any closer. Um, Ballystine appeared to have that capacity to just, you know, when 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 danger was imminent, that they were a- able to find the, the score that gave them that little bit of a cushion. And in 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 the end, ran ran out. Um, I did the deserving winners. I I I, I would have to concede. Um, as far as Ballylanders is concerned, I did I did point out last week that Ballylanders, you know, ha, have a very good record against Monaline in the past. Now this is back to back defeats to Monaline in 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 the championship, and um, you would say from the first round, you would say from the first round um, results that it was going to be Monaline all day, but certainly it didn't transpire that way, Jack. Um, um, Ballylanders really, really put it up to them, and and um, and we're unlucky that didn't get something out of the game. And um, this 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 sort of has been the story of not Ballylanders' season, but Ballylanders' two seasons. They lost <coughs> by a point to St Kieran's last year, lost by a point to Adair. This year they've lost by a point to, to Galtee Gales, lost by two points to um to um. To Mona Lee and like you know, they've they've been there or thereabouts, but they just don't seem to be able to get over the line, um, in 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 in, in the crucial home stretch. So, um, Ballylanders are, are bottom of the table now, but um, you know, I I still think that there's points there for them, that that they can extricate themselves from that position, but, um, they they you know they 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 need to get a win somewhere, so um. In, in interesting times, but very, very hard to see a dare being dislodged off top spot. Yeah, you know, they, they, they are in pole position just on the Ballysteen performance on the game. I was at really good performance by the boys. Um, good response after the Napiershig defeat. And, you know, it's, as I said, it's really nicely packed there in the middle third. And I'd say round three will be kind of that, that moving round, but a lot will happen between here and there for lads that are playing dual codes and you just hope that everyone across all clubs that is playing both will be able to get through it and we won't see injuries pile up because it's probably only the second real split season we're seeing so any learnings that people would have taken from last year hopefully they can be um, embedded this year around but 
just on that second weekend, Matt, I did predict all six uh, results, but you got three of them. Bang on. Newcastle win by two, KP win by three, and Monoline to win by two. So you're streaking ahead there. Um, five points clear, I thought. When Bellistine won, that I'd uh, that I moved ahead um, by virtue of you picking Galtic Gales. But no, your you're three correct answers, and you're quick to point it out to me on Monday evening in the Gaelic Crowns. Early ripe, early rotten, Jack. <laughs> I am. Look, we'll, we'll, it'll come ticking fast now. As I said, the predictions will take a break for the five we or the is it three four weeks now until till the hurling is back um if even you know so it's it's quickly coming around but um first blood to you uh which are you didn't put any physical money on us no 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 i'm not a gambling man jack no either would i because if i if i laid money they'd lose so i don't i don't do that anyway but yeah, a, a, a good busy weekend of football action. The hurling will be up next, and we'll be reading really the club scene. But we've the small matter of an all an all Ireland to get through first and foremost. But before we finish up, Matt, um, there was a, a fitting tribute in Crow Park to John O'Grady uh, on Saturday evening. Uh, a round of applause, father obviously to Colette that we would have seen at the matches. You know, um, Mungard St Paul's. Clubman, so just want to give our condolences to, to the family of John. Yeah, Jack, I, I agree totally. I knew John O'Grady very well. Um, uh, I, you know, I, I remember vividly his 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 um, his career, and I had the ple- pleasure of being in Croke Park that day in 1977 when he took charge of the All Ireland Senior Final, and what a job he did! Like. Um, you know, it was 19 years after he refereed his first game. Um, John O'Grady, Jack, was was the complete Gael. He was the complete GAA man. Like he he started off. He he played. Um, he I think he started off playing underage football with commercials and underage hurling with Young Ireland's. There was no underage structure in Mungret, um like there is today, and how gratifying it must be for him. Um, to see the club on which he contributed so much as its club secretary and as the city board secretary to be fielding two teams in most grades and underage now, it will give you an, a, a sense of the evolution of Mungret. But John O'Grady was an outstanding referee, Jack, that, that, that refereed, as I said, at the highest level. He took charge of a couple of under-21 finals, took charge of county finals. Um, he was a very much sought-after referee, um, you know, and... Um, as you know, but as a referee and a, a, as an administrator, um, he, 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 John O'Grady was absolutely top class, top class. Um, you know, and our, our deepest sympathy to his wife Gemma, who is involved with um, Mungret Ladies Football, and of course to his daughter Colette, um, who, who we all know for the vast contribution that that she's carrying on her father's tradition and. That she has made to Limerick GA um, for many years, um, the very efficient PRO of of the Limerick Football Committee, and now she she's involved in other aspects of of, of the game, and and um, and her brother Henry, and to all the extended O'Grady family, like um, Limerick GA and the, the GA family, Jack, uh, with the passing of of John O'Grady, have lost the titan. May he rest in peace. Well, well said there. 
Nice um, condolences to the family. Um, I think that's all for us uh, this morning, Matt. Um, a busy episode there. Huge thanks to, to Barry Hennessy for coming on again this morning to give us the lowdown on Limerick versus Galway. Um, as we next week already, it'll be an All Ireland final preview. It doesn't be long. Coming around, obviously, touched on the, the ladies' football um, defeat and, and the defeat in the Camogie in the second round. In the football, it's quite enough weekend coming up, and, and it's it's all go from, from there and in. There won't be another quiet weekend for the remainder of the summer, but that's exactly how we like it. Um, big thank you to Noel's Menswear for coming on and sponsoring the podcast, to the Wi-Fi out in Ballylanders for pulling through after after a while. Uh, the Gremlins stopped you at the start of Barry's interview, but we, we came right, and it, it hasn't dropped since. Thank God. Um, was, uh, Jack, there was the odd Kremlin and Bally Steen too today, like. Yeah, well, I'm actually I'm actually recording in Dingle. I'm down here for the week, so uh, it's the Wi-Fi down here. A lovely view to the right of me, so I'll put oh. this together, edit it, download it, do all that bits with it, and then I'll be down at the beach for, blame for them, my month. Uh, blame the Kelly again. Yeah, well, they're, they're, they're busy themselves in the All-Ireland semi-final. Who will win? Who will win the semi-finals in the football, Matt? Oh, yeah. Uh, who will win? Um, oh, Kerry will win, and, and dare I say... <laughs> and who? Dublin or Monaghan? Dare I say... Will it be Dublin or Monaghan with him in the final? Dare I say... Oh, <laughs> I think Kerry and Dublin is the one that... Uh... The high-end people want, but they were shocked two years ago with Tyrone and Mayo, so I wouldn't rule out. But it does look to be like it's going to be a, a Kerry Dublin final. But we know for certain next week will be a Kilkenny Limerick All Ireland Senior Ireland final, and we certainly can't wait. A huge thank you to everyone for liking and subscribing the podcast on YouTube. Makes a big difference. The algorithm the same on Facebook. Make sure to check us out if you want to listen just the audio. You don't want to look at us, which I don't blame you. You can get it on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Make sure to give us a rating, a high one if you can at all. And the same on Twitter. Just really helps expand the community. And as always, thank you to you, Matt, for coming on with your intelligible contribution. And we'll be back again next week with some special guests looking forward to an All-Ireland final. So thank you and over and out for episode 241. The impression of the game, you get old with what you put into. It's like a walk of life. If you're good enough, go and get it. No more about it. Your mother sends you down to the shop for a pound's worth of goods and she gives you 50 pence. You can't get the pound's worth of goods, can you? He's just about kept in. Oh, well, Shorty Buckley. To do that to Tommaso Shea, he deserves to score from here. One of the highlights of the second game. Let me spend out there from the world court today. No more about it. I made all the run. That was it. Put the ball over the barrel, the back of it, and that's it. No ifs, no buts. Is there much time left? There's no sympathy in this game for anybody.